Hi, everyone. It's me, Ben Blacker, the other host and producer of Dead Pilot Society. Um, I'm thrilled to talk with my pal, Janet Varney, host of the JV Club, right here on the Maximum Fun Network. Hi, Janet. Hi, Blacker. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your podcast. I love being a part of your podcast from time to time. And I'm so glad that you and Andrew made it exist because it has amazing content that people would not be able to hear otherwise. Oh, thank you. And I am a big fan of the JV Club, which is why I um, am thrilled that you agreed to this feed swap, because um, I think our, our listeners will be fans of the show, too. Do you want to just give like a quick uh, synopsis of what the podcast is? Sure, sure. So I've been doing the JV Club for nine years. Someone uh, had to tell me that it was my nine-year anniversary just this, uh, this month. And uh, I have been talking to famous and not so famous people for the last nine years about their awkward teenage years. Blacker, you've certainly been on it. You were an early guest uh, in a hot room upstairs in an old comic <laughs> shop in Los Angeles. And uh, I have found it to be, I just have never gotten tired of it. It is such an era in people's lives that, you know, they've got some distance from it. So I think they have a sense of humor about it, but also are willing to maybe be more candid about experiences they had then. And I am super not into prying into people's present day. So it's it just proved to be, in ways I didn't even imagine, a wonderful way into getting to know someone and their vulnerabilities and their humanity uh, that sort of makes us all feel like, oh, okay, so we're all kind of lost and broken, but it's hilarious. Great, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, I mean, listen, I think I've said this to you in the past, and maybe it was like seven years ago or whenever we did our episode, but I'm such a um, interview snob that like, it takes a really good interviewer for me to get interested in a podcast. And I think you are such a good interviewer. It's all, it always feels like a natural conversation. Um, and I think that's part of the appeal of like, listening to the show, but also for the guests who have been on the show that like, they feel comfortable opening up and being honest and laughing at their past selves. And like, it's such a warm, um, warm and funny show that it's like, it's like hanging out with you for an hour. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that means the world to me. And I, I think it is one of those situations where I, I would have stopped doing it if it weren't, if it didn't go well, and if it didn't go well, it would mean that I probably was not having a good time. You know, I don't, I think that is one of those things where you sort of stumble into something that, uh, like, I wanted to have a podcast. I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to look like. At the time, nine years ago, I felt like everyone had a podcast, which is adorable. <laughs> what a darling thing to have thought was true nine years ago when you look at the scope of podcasts now. Um, and, you know, I, that it's just, I just love, I'm a total people person. And, um, and I think that that sort of shows through. But if you don't like me, you will not like the podcast. You will get very tired of it very quickly. But I'm likable. It's okay, guys. Give her a listen. It's fun. <laughs> well, people, folks will, folks will see from this episode um, that they're about to listen to just how likable you are. Uh, just how great the podcast is. Oh, God, please let that be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I get it. Uh, are there are there other episodes? So if people enjoy this one, are there like favorite episodes that you've had or great jumping on episodes that you think folks would enjoy also? 
Absolutely. I mean, some of the ones that come to mind that I definitely get great feedback on year after year after year are, you know, uh, episodes like the Kristen Bell episode, um, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, who is a friend to Dead Pilot Society and the Thrilling mm-hmm. Adventure Hour as well, is one of my favorite episodes because it just runs the gamut. It's super candid. It is very inspiring. It's hilarious. It's Ke- it's Keegan through and through. And, uh, and so that is definitely a favorite. Um, and then I have a bunch of live episodes that were done at various places, uh, at festivals all over. There's an episode, for example, that's live with uh, John Hamm and Rachel Dratch, who are friends in real life, and musical guest Matt Nathanson. That is uh, another favorite. So there's a ton to listen to. Uh, about 75% of it is uh, female guests, and then the other 25 is gents, and uh, or I guess non-binary. And um, and it, it, so there's a huge selection. I think the most intimidating thing is scrolling back through nine years yeah. of feed. So, but you can, you can <laughs> find some favorites, uh, even if you just give it to Google. Yeah. It's, it's a deep history that folks can go check out. And it's all, it's interesting too. Um, I listened just like uh, maybe a year ago to one of the older episodes. I don't remember why I happened to listen to it, but it was like a neat snapshot of eight years ago or something as yeah. well as being this great conversation about the person's youth. It was really cool. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. Well, as you know, and I've said, um, I love that you do Dead Pilot Society. I, in the time that I've been a part of those shows, I've always met at least one person who was either already a hero of mine in television, film, or theater, or became one by virtue of meeting them and getting a chance to read with them at your shows. I mean, it's just, it's such a great energy. It's so fun to, I mean, you know what, in a weird way, the what we do, they're not so disconnected because, again, you have these writers who, you know, some of them are less known, some of them have had huge successes with things that you have heard of, but knowing that those people that you look up to and admire have had, quote unquote, failures where they're like, and they very candidly talk about it, like, yeah, it was here, then it went there, and then we thought it was going to be that, and then they just hated it, so it never got made. And there's something reassuring about that, you know, of knowing like, oh, yeah, this is tough. It's tough no matter what you're doing. It's tough no matter how high you get, you know, in the in the, on the sort of feeding chain. What is that a thing? Um, <laughs> the old feeding chain. <laughs> I guess food chain. But have you fed? That's like so vampiric. Fed. <laughs> Uh, the feeding yeah, frenzy like, <laughs> that is Hollywood. <laughs> feeding frenzy that is Hollywood. Um, you know, I love that aspect of it. I love those conversations and then getting to hear, you know, something on its feet that and, mm-hmm. and hearing how happy it makes the writers uh, to hear and experience it and make it come alive in this new way. Um, there's something you, I think you hit on something that I think at least I always look for in podcasts and really like any sort of conversation show and that's this honesty that you don't always get in you know a press kit or yeah even like in everyday life when you just have the sort of fleeting encounters but when you get to sit down with someone for an hour and ask like tell me about this or how did this happen or what went right or what went wrong like i think we're always looking for that thing that sort of penetrates the bubble and really gets to the the realness of a person's experience. Um, I think yeah. that's what you're you're talking about. That we you know we try to do in Dead Pilot Society in a much lighter way, but I think that we always get in the JV Club in um, uh, uh, 
a richer way. Uh, and it's, it's, it's what all, all my favorite podcasts do too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so funny because you and I both share a love of the, that game Werewolf, <laughs> which is, feels like, I know it feels like it's off on a tangent, but that is another example of just a new way of seeing your friends or a new way yeah. of experiencing people as <laughs> you sort of get, it's, it is kind of like that. It's like a performance, right? You have the performance of the game of, and if you're not familiar with what Werewolf is, it's very silly. It's, listen, a great opportunity for me to say, have you fed and talk about the <laughs> um, But, you know, you could play it like Mafia. Basically, you're playing a game where everybody puts their head down. Two, two people are assigned as the killers, yada, yada, yada. You're trying to, quote unquote, survive these people who are secretly murdering you. And there's a lot of accusations that take place. People have to defend themselves. No, it's not me. And so it's a real game of, uh, of like, honesty and also how much can you fool your friends and i think you and i both have such a fascination like a psychological fascination with how people's minds work and it's such a really fun way to go wait a minute like you you've got some hidden talents in here you are very <laughs> gifted at, i mean that all of that stuff again is just like what is a what is a way to better understand what it means to be a human being. And when they happen to be talented, funny, wonderful folks, um, you're just going to get, you're just going to, it's going to pay off. Absolutely. And I think we, we both enjoy surrounding ourselves with talented, lovely uh, folks. Um, and I was looking at some Dead Pilot Society episodes for like what to drop in the old JV Club feed. Uh, and I was going to do the... John Hodgman one. I was um, just going to, that's so funny. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if I'll say John Hodgman. Go ahead. It's so good. It's called Only Child. Um, it's, and it was like one of our first, it may have been our first live show. You invited us to come up to Sketchfest, to San Francisco yeah. Sketchfest and do it. And I think it was, was our first live show. Um, and it was so much fun. And John's script is so funny and so good. And um, in it, uh, Hodgman plays... Um, himself at 12 years old. And the premise, and this was well before Pen15 too. I was the about to say, was, it was absolutely preempted that, yeah. Yeah, uh, he would be an adult playing a 12-year-old, but all the other kids would be kids. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, Kristen Shaw would join him as another 12-year-old. Um, and it's a great episode. I would urge people to check it out because it's not what I'm going to put in the <laughs> JV Club feed. Because I remember- That's a very werewolfian misdirection. I love it. <laughs> Um, I remembered that we did um, a read of Big, the adaptation that um, Mike Royce and Kevin Beagle wrote of the Tom Hanks movie That's with right. Jason Ritter and you and Frankie Shaw and AG and Natalie Morales. Like it was such a fun read. Oh, it was such group. a fun cast. And you and Jason were so good together. And you were oh. like a little kid in that. And he's the one who gets big. Um, and you got, you played all the levels in that. It was really fun. Because I'm basically a child. So that's <laughs> the right person. But sure. you were, you were the mature child in it too. Like, I don't know. I'm excited for people to check that one out. Cause I think it, it often, again, it's like way back in the feed. So it kind of gets passed over, but I loved that episode. So great. That's a great choice. 
But you should also listen to the other one that we just talked about. <laughs> Go listen to Only Child. Divine. They will anyway, because if they are fans of our shows, there's no doubt that they enjoy John Hodgman and should experience exactly. that uh, writing of his because he's a delightful human being. Absolutely. Um, and it's been fun um, in Dead Pilots to like stumble on a lot of these pilots from people we know or people we don't know that well or only know from TV um, to see like, what are these skeletons in their closet? And they're always good. Like we don't put these on to make fun of them. They're really yeah. like, it's a lot of like, how did this not get made? This I is know. a great show. I know. Anyway. It's so true. No, that's absolutely the case. And um, I mean, I don't think I've, I've ever, I've never heard one that uh, uh, most of the time, if you hear something and you are hit with that, the answer is usually because it's too smart. <laughs> Too unique, <laughs> yeah. has too strong of a point of view, um, or just like arbitrarily whatever was going on in the zeitgeist of who, yeah. what people thought they should be making. It just like it just skips right past, and then it's gone. And then yeah. and and the timing of that is so extraordinary. And so again, having these snapshots where you make it possible not only for the shows to be heard and enjoyed, but that they also are perennial because they're not tied to a given pilot season or a news cycle or what have you uh, that they just continue to live on. I mean, uh, that's such a gift. That's such a gift to the writing community as well. You are much more astute about my podcast than I am. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize it goes so deep. Uh, I, I just, just like just to work with fun people. Hosting each other's podcasts? I don't know. You, you have a great sensibility about mine. So this, this is a weird, like, Freaky Friday, almost big moment where for suddenly for a year, we are just hosting each other's podcasts. <laughs> oh, the fans would love it. The fans would love it. Um, they want nothing more. They want nothing more. <laughs> Janet, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for saying such nice things. Thank you for putting out such a great show. Um, for folks who are uh, new to JV Club, enjoy this episode. For folks who are new to Dead Pilot Society, enjoy this episode. Enjoy this episode. Absolutely, Ben. Thank you so much for asking me. And uh, I love being on this wonderful network and celebrating all the great stuff that comes from it. Yeah, we are up in Max Fun Drive right now. So folks, if you are... Um, a member and or you are a new member um, or supporter. I don't know. They want us to call it something. But listen, thank you for supporting both of our shows. And when you go <laughs> yes. on to support, uh, make sure that you click on um, you, there's a little you can put a check mark. That's how it works. You put a check Give mark a next check to mark. Dead Pilot Society and JV Club and pick a couple others that you like. Absolutely. Why not? And, and by the way, <laughs> just because you don't check someone's name, of course, you will absolutely be checking the <laughs> Pilot Society and the JV Club. But even for some of those great podcasts whose name you don't happen to check, you still get access to all of their additional bonus oh, con right. content as well. So you can't lose. And yet you will yeah. check those too. But we love you for it. We love you for it. <laughs> we just start a, a giant turf war with all of our friends who are all on MaxFun. <laughs> yeah, come at us, Mark and Hal. That's Let's see right. what happens. Right. <laughs> the toughest guys in podcasting. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Blacker, for having me. Thank you, Janet. Let us talk soon.
Mike Rice and Kevin Beagle. Hello. 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 Uh, you guys were kind enough to let us read your script for Big, mm-hmm. uh, for a Dead Pilot Society reading. Was this the first time you guys had heard it out loud? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing and terrifying at the same time. Why was it terrifying? Really terrifying. Because we never heard it. Um, and like usually, like, like you know, that's basically a big table read, right? Yeah. So usually, like before you table read something to the public, you tweak it. Like for the enlisted table read for the pilot, I mean, we rehearsed it like rehearsed five or six times. Yeah. You cut stuff, wow. make sure it really flows like a stage play. And I think there's a few moments where Mike and I both looked at each other. And we're like, huh? Is this good? <laughs> Is this good? <laughs> and then by the Are end, we back? Oh shit. This, listen, I'm saying this on the record, and I will cut it out later. <laughs> this big reading and this pilot read better than anything else we did. Oh, it was, oh, that's very I nice. Mean, it was, I it's funny, it's warm. Profit off others, you know. <laughs> you don't want to compare. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that, other show that yeah. it made too. Well, but, I mean, everybody like, here. The version. I remember everybody having a version. Yeah, it was a good yeah, night. Yeah. It was, it was yes. This was part of a, an evening of uh, Tom Hanks adaptation. Right, that's right. right. Which yeah. I muscled into existence uh, based on Big, and I knew JJ Philbin had um, Bachelor. Did she do Bachelor Party? Bachelor, bachelor party, party, and then uh, Spitzer. The did. house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! With money pit. Money pit. Money pit. Yeah. yeah. And so that was. It was a fun kind of thematic night, but Big was certainly the showpiece. Um, and but and it feels like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, all the tweaking and stuff you generally do before a table read, that had that had been done for the center because this was a pretty like this had gone through the whole it system was, of the whole pilot system. Yeah, I mean Fox uh, before they passed on it. Which <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to. Yes, um, and for that matter, right, it had gone out to Netflix. Yes, it had been, but it had never been uh, had gone that extra step of having. All these reads because you always punch it up based on what how people are reading it, and we're uh, we did not cast these actors, you know. That's the other thing. It's like I, 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 they're all fantastic, but you're, it's not like we hand selected. Here's who we're casting. So the notion that it then just blossomed, like I think the way it did, was very rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> and that script, the one that we read, had gone through you know rounds of notes like they always do for pilots with studio with the network. Um, and then I, if my if my memory serves, I mean, we also did. I think we kind of went above and beyond trying to make it as, as good as possible. Like I mean, we yeah. just won. We we found we really friends good. who punched yeah. it up, and uh, yes, yes. I think we have enlisted taught us a lot about yeah. punch, punch, <laughs> like and single camera and that speed and all those jokes you have to put in. And this was a, you know, we, we this had a lot. Of, I mean, it has to have a lot of heart in it. But so you look for any opportunity, like where is it supposed to be funny and making sure it's as funny as it can possibly be in that moment, you know, even if it's not a joke, if it's a character thing, whatever. Yeah. But I, I felt good, like if, I felt tight to me. Yeah, it, did, it felt like a show. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like a show. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we had all the season. Uh, we were so excited. Well, yeah, so let's, let's go back. Uh, how did you guys even get involved with this project? Did you pitch on Big? Did you bring Big t- to them? What, how did it work? They brought it to you, right? Yes, I was uh, going into another year of uh, my deal at Fox at the time, and they kind of gave an email, here's some stuff we are interested in, if you are interested in it too. And the one thing that stood out was, would love to, of course, as we know now, every property that's ever been done before is being rethought as a TV show. That was the one where, I mean, you would think it would scare me, 
because it was like this iconic movie. And then I don't know what idea left in my head. I immediately, I mean, literally, I get the email. I just started having a couple of thoughts. I get on the phone with him. I swear, we talked for two hours. It was a, yeah. Just going back and forth like, oh, it could be so great. And, you know, the characters and everything. And we just immediately had a, a whole thing came to us. Wow. Because of, I think the, the, the kernel of why it was interesting was because back then, a man-child was sort of a thing to be admired. Like, he's so innocent and naive, he's so much better than all these cynical people, you know? And now it's like, that guy's just a lot of other 30-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that notion of like having an apartment full of toys when you're 30 back then was novel, and now it's like, my apartment, you know, I mean, in my house, I mean, it yeah. looks like everybody's home. And I, it was funny, yeah, that first phone call, Mike said, like, hey, you know, this thing, and what do you, what do you think about doing big as a show? And I had the same immediate reaction, like, no, that's a classic movie, you can't do that. And then the second you kind of blow past that idea that it's sacrosanct and you're not allowed to touch it, there's just so much to explore with that idea. And well, you guys had a really smart take looking beyond the basic premise of the movie, which was this, right. this mm -hmm. wish idea. Yes. Yeah. Building that mythology. Kind of yes, thing. yes. Yeah. There was a good mythology. I mean, we our pitch for the whole series was, you know, a different wish every season. Mm -hmm. So it's not just constantly different age wishes, <laughs> right. you know, um, which could have been, then you really can get into oh, we some so interesting excited. stuff every season. Oh. We got so excited. I mean, because it basically turned into this thing where we realized that, you know, so many shows, the conceit is kind of a sell. You gotta convince the audience, like, he lives with his brother, but his brother's a genie. Look, trust us, this makes sense, you know? And, like, and the it's always like, that guy. It's that, that voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a selling voice. But the, great thing, but the great thing about this is, like, everyone in the world has seen Big. Like, everyone knows what it is. So, the second you say, yeah, someone makes a wish on this Ultra machine, it becomes real, they don't question it. It's just like, okay, yeah, sure, that's fine. It's like, right. it's like the water's wet, and the sky's blue, and Ultra makes things real. The hardest part is already done for you. It's done for you, so then we realize that, like, if you did this show in series, almost like uh, anthology, almost like American Horror Story or something, every season could be kind of predicated around a different wish. So, you know, if the first season, and this was part of the big, you know, our big pitch we got excited about, if your first season is just, you're just kind of doing a version of the movie Big, second season could be, you know, a big colon superhero, and it's a kid that makes a wish to be a superhero, or big colon president, I want to be the president, and it becomes basically, this is, we got all giddy, we, I think Mike came up with this term, he's your concept engine. That's basically, Zoltar's a concept engine that makes everything viable. And then like you can I link read this, that term somewhere. <laughs> It's great because you could like kind of link the seasons with different characters and stuff, and, and, and Keith David's in every he's in every season. Yes, of course. <laughs> he's Zoltar's keeper. I mean, he's we, keeper right? we really did have like we had like five or six different ideas for seasons laid out. Yeah. You know, that, like the three I just wow. mentioned. There's a couple more, and it was really. It would have been so damn exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's hard not to care, right? Like, you have to care about these things when you oh, yeah. Them out. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing, too. I mean, this is what Mike was immediately after that first phone call. That, like, the, the stuff he was saying is that it you make it's you know it's fun the kid becomes an adult blah 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 but like we're cheese balls like we love emotional things and immediately there's like an emotional undercurrent of it of like okay yeah. what, what if a single mom this kid's the only person that she's got what if a dad had taken off on him and then you run into that dad as you're older and now you see what your dad is really like you've always you've held up to these high standards and you see in real life like your dad's kind of a friggin loser you know well, these are interesting things to like yeah. explore this kind in the of movie he, he kind of is this magical creature who helps everyone around him I mean 
it's fantastic, of course. Uh, in this version, it's really about learning learning what being a good man is, you know. And there's each each show, each episode sort of a chapter in his growth. And we had a whole part where he kind of turned, you know, he gets a little famous. He turns into kind of a Bieber, you know, like every step of the like because he's a twelve inside. He's a twelve year old learning. Um, and that his dad would be a guy who's kind of never grown up, so he relates thematically. And then the, what the other two kids do with their, uh, you know, they turn into very different adults. And uh, and they made wishes. The other two made wishes too. This is, so. Yes. Listen, you guys. This yeah. pilot ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. What was her wish? Well, everyone. He, she had a couple of wishes. She had three. She had three. Yeah. yeah. Three wishes and. I don't want to sound like we didn't figure it out because we did, but we, it's a little sketchy in our heads. Yeah, which is always the case. Well, but, you know, yeah. you, you, <sighs> it was at the end. What the last wish was was the one that was going to get them back to being twelve year olds, mm -hmm. because they will have all gone on this journey. And the last wish is, I don't want to tear up while I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last wish was something like, I wish we could be friends forever, or something like that. Something that gets them. How are they going to get back to their square one? But based on their, you know, love for each other. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, he hopefully everyone's lives have gotten better along the way, and his mother and his father, and you know, uh, her, you know, and the the, the let's I don't want to call him the fat kid, but <laughs> the third kid, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle yeah. Um, uh, who Steve Agee played. It was oh so my god. Was it so funny? Oh shit, what was the girl's name? Mar Mar Mia. It was Mia. Was it after Norma? Norma. Norma. Yeah. Norma. The boy's name was Will. Will Norma Todd. I know. <laughs> but like, I do remember one of the, the Norma thing, like, now I'm going to tear up. One of them was something along the lines of you realize it was either I wish I knew who I was or I wish I was happy. Oh, and yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, the thing that's when you right. find out what's going on in her life. And she's just, and, and like, I think, I mean, especially after Enlisted, we would know how to play that with just a little bit of serious and just make yeah. it funny at the same time but like that was that got us so excited because like oh she's gonna wish for unlimited candy it's like no she's like this adult 12 year old who is just going through some stuff in her head and she's just confused like most of us just like I don't know what I want out of my life and no one does at that age but yeah. if you had the ability to wish for it right away like how they could come and bite you in the ass to us that was like well that's really interesting and then Kyle's the one who wishes for something ridiculous right. but then now get, now get, damn it, now get excited about it. <laughs> Kyle was the one we were gonna have this as a pitch you know of course these things always change yeah. it's like what what if Kyle was kind of the funny background kid throughout you know the whole thing and he's just there for laughs but then he's got something kind of serious going on at the end so then at the end of the first season oh I'll, can I say the, what I the goofy idea I had for the end of the first season yeah fuck it so the end of the first season was <laughs> Kyle makes, oh my god yeah. no no blow anything that's right so you get the little thing that comes out the thing that comes out of the machine right so your wish has been great so he was I had this idea that he goes up to the machine at the end after and something predicates this to, to, to make it mean something and he says uh, he goes I wish I was a superhero right and the thing comes out oh this is it's so fucking cool <laughs> the thing comes out and you're like as he, you're on his face as he holds it right and then you're on his hands as it's in his hands Oh, don't get emotional thinking about it. And then you cut, and then you cut why you cut back to his face, and it's like, and like in my head, it's like an adult. It's like, it's like not the Rock, but it's like it's it's now it's a kid. And then you cut really wide, and he's hovering twenty feet off the ground. And then he just like spikes the lens and smiles and flies off. And like, Holy shit! Like now we're going into season two. The, uh, I know it's ridiculous, but like something yeah, like but that, 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 that by that at the end, you're uh, rooting for that. Exactly. It's emotional. It's incredible. So and, and what was really nice about this pilot? I thought, you know, the concept works, the jokes work, but the relationship among the kids and really all the characters, like it has that feel 
uh, and a sort of lived-in feel, which yeah. is really hard to do when you're introducing nice a character. Say. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> we were. Yeah, we. You know, I remember two things. The second, it was like we had that big phone call, and I think like right then we're emailing each other furiously, like here's some more stuff. <laughs> yeah. I really think like I feel like day two, you, you email like this is gonna break our hearts, isn't it? <laughs> like, like, we're already so invested. Like, yeah, well, that's what always happens well, because that's what the odds are. The, you know, do you like we we had a we had an earlier version of. Like not that different, but basically we had a version of it that was hewed a little closer to the movie, mm-hmm. and I think right. it kind of scared some of the suits over there. Before we even pitched it, we're like, "Well, is this too similar?" And then it's, you know, for like two seconds, Mike and I are like, rah, 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 "They're crazy, right, right, perfect." Right, right. Yeah. And then we sat in his office, and we're, and then we kind of tore it apart again, and we're like, well, "What if there's three kids?" Like they it, were right. They were right. <laughs> and then we, I mean, if memory serves, we we went above and beyond. I mean, we broke out like. Five episodes or something, and oh, like yeah. with the oh, next yeah. se- first, we, like we, half the first season could be this. We really did have a season with, with just a couple of episodes, not even like yeah, we had the thing really planned out. Yeah. Well, when you're excited about something, that yeah. that becomes without well, yeah. happening. Yeah. Like we just kept thinking of shit. We're like, yeah. oh, let's okay, let's make an episode two more while we're still working on the <laughs> yeah. Okay, that'll Seriously. be episode three. Let's make another more. Yeah. You know, it just was coming so freely. That's that's what you hope for. And so. the interesting thing too is that like because the kid gets older, it just it, it's almost like it generates stories on. Its own. Well, okay. If the mom had to give up, on, what if she had to give up on something to take care of the kid? Mm-hmm. What would that thing be? You know, we were thinking maybe she wanted to be a singer or something. Well, what if he tries to that he meets up because in the movie, like the mom and the son, like the, the paths never cross, right? right? It's kind of one of those. It's one of those things where like if you really think too hard about the movie, it's terrifying because <laughs> the mom's son's gone <laughs> for true. three months and it's like my son's. Yeah. But like, what if with the mom and the adult son, their paths cross? And he's trying, maybe she does figure out at a certain point, oh my gosh, this is my kid. There's a little bit of that in the pilot. Um, but what if he tries to help her attain her dream, but like it doesn't happen. And then as a kid, you have to realize some things you don't happen. All, all dreams don't come true. Like that's a real lesson you have to learn. But if you're 12, that's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. I mean, it, it, it just generated things to write to that were And it was gonna... the first, for me, it was the first thing I'd ever written a little bit with my kids because my daughter <laughs> who was like at 15 at the time, very Gamergate was a big deal at that moment. <laughs> yeah. We were having these long conversations about just all kinds of essentially internet issues, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, uh, and you know, she really became like Norma was sort of came out of her and, you know, my daughter knew that and she was like, I can't wait for this time. You know? <laughs> well, but it's, I mean, it's funny because Norma, who uh, Frankie Shaw played in the reading. Yes, great. Like, like she sounds like a contemporary teenager and right. a lot of teenage characters on TV don't. Hopefully. You know, I, th- I think yeah. those conversations yeah. absolutely came through. Good. Uh, what, was, me <laughs> yeah. what was the development process like? You know, you mentioned that you had this first take, mm-hmm. which wasn't quite right, but... How long did it all take, and what kind of changes were made? It was basically June to January. Mm-hmm. I mean, June was when the email came, and then you know, outline in September or something like that. And you know, it, it really was not a like. I mean, pitching is always awful, so we had to lock ourselves in a, you know my office and like rehearse the pitch. A lot. We rehearsed. I mean, we yeah, rehearsed that some fake frivolity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that was. I mean, we rehearsed the shit out of that. We I'm did. surprised yeah. you did because I mean, you guys talk. You get so excited talking about it. So naturally. 
but you, I don't know. I mean, I think, have to get things. I think I get too wound up. I did too. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, 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 we complement each other in many ways. That's not a way. We're both just like fucking pitching. Me. Yeah. It's, it's the it's worst, hard. but it really, I mean, you do the same thing. Like memorize a script. Like yeah. I have to yeah. memorize a script too. And then, yeah. and then you get in there and you're also talking out of your ass half the time because they're interrupting and, and they don't want it. The problem is they don't want to hear the pitch. They, they're like, I mean, I don't, they don't want to hear a pitch. They're so sick of hearing fucking pitches. Yeah. You know, 10 minutes in, they're like, you know, they're trying to make jokes. And I, I mean, I don't blame them. I'm saying it's it should, the best pitch is a, is a conversation where everyone's just getting on board with the concept. Yeah. But you don't know how that's going to go. So you got to prepare for every eventuality and every possible, you know, like here's a bunch of episodes and, and also make it 15 to 20 minutes. And, you know, I mean, it's. Yeah. it's we tried to front load it too with like little hooks that, like, oh, this will get them. One thing we, one yeah. we said early on, like, the billboard, you know, the billboard, imagine you're driving down the street and you see a big picture of the Zoltar machine and it just says something big is coming to Fox. And they go, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I've done all your work for you. Because <laughs> that's the thing is they, what you're doing is like playing a game of telephone where you're telling them something yeah. that then they get to walk down the hall. So they came in and said this thing and yeah. they walk to them and uh, post it. Yeah, well, that, yeah. and that's true. I mean, the simpler, yeah. the better, because it does have to keep. We even did, I forgot. We even did mock-ups of that just to show yeah. them. We did yeah. mock-ups of the poster, like here. This is how you would advertise yeah. it. Like, oh, I mean, Fox twenty six fifty uh, whatever. You. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, but, it's a smart tactic. Yeah, and he's he's much better thinking about that stuff. Oh, it's it's completely. Yeah, it, it's very. It was very. We work very well together. We do. Yeah, we're, we're um, in separate behemoth corporations now. It's nice. Yeah. But we we did. I think the thing the the thing was moving. Everyone there was really a big fan. It was really great. And I think the tough thing about it was it, there was kind of a regime change. Regime change mm -hmm. there. And I, you know, it's like, admittedly, it's a big swing, you know, yeah. it's like Absolutely. you could, there's a lot of people that's like, it's my, you ruined my childhood. It's like, yes. yeah, come on. You know, it's like Ghostbusters have seen a little bit of that right now. Absolutely. No one's even seen it. You know, it's like the decisions and people already have opinions about it. So right. Right. I think they were a little terrified in that first year of the new regime. Nice, nice people. God love mm -hmm. them. That yeah. This Smart is people. Yeah. This is just too big a swing for us. At the time, I mean, we weren't as metered as we are right now. At the time, we're like, <laughs> yeah. like this is a home run. But yeah, well, it, it may. It would also be like it's all timing, right? It's yeah. because of the regime at that time. Yes. Yeah. To do that, I think this pitch now would absolutely go. It could. It's, it's, it's yeah. also limited. You know, I mean, they're. I think they're. You know, they're very conflicted because no one knows what television is anymore. Yeah. So, what is a is a limited series the thing we want to do? What you know, we really want a series. They sort of they would always talk about it kind of in a way that made it sound like it's a twenty two episode series. Yeah, but because that's obviously preferable to them, so we would always bring it back to the limited thing. I don't know if that was a deficit. I think the main thing is it did have a huge barrier to get over when they're just like, are we going to take shit for ruining the best movie ever? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like now. I mean, this is what a year, a little over a year later. It's almost better suited. I think it'd be great on network. I still think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. It's almost better suited to a streaming thing where it's like, yeah. here, let's here. I'm gonna, we'll prove to you this is not terrible. Watch them all at once, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you can get away with a little bit more. If every year it's like a different, you know, anthology thing. Oh my god, they're doing superhero next year. They're doing yeah. president next year. Maybe a little more. Yeah. And I mean, Netflix was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk about that. How it ended. So Fox didn't pick it up mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons of their own. <laughs> Yeah, but was you know this is the kind of thing that again you get excited about. It's a big property. You want to try to take it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what happened after that? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. do any disparaging because yes. obviously we're disappointed. Netflix is very interesting. They couldn't get the deal done. You know, yeah. and I mean, for, you know, 
I can sit here and say like, why didn't they get the fucking deal done? You know, but it happened. But it, I don't know those internals, and you know, that's just what happened. Yeah, Twentieth yeah. could not make a deal with Netflix that suited Twentieth's whatever. And it's really, it's not crazy. I guess it's just the business. I mean, I heard of it. I heard of something happening. I don't want to say who show it was. Uh, the other night I heard it happening. There, yeah. There's so many things that don't go, not creatively, just because the deals couldn't get made. Yeah. Well, it's it's, so, especially now, it's so competitive. Yeah, yes. Netflix Margins are lower. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for yeah. syndication is not a thing really yeah. anymore. Yeah. So it's, yes, it's it's all screwing with everyone's heads. Yeah, so let's very briefly, uh, we had this amazing cast, which there we mentioned so great. a couple of Gosh. them. Uh, Jason Ritter played Will. Amazing. Super knocked out of the park. And yeah. Um, the other kids, Frankie Shaw, we said, played Norma. Steve Agee played Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Janet Varney played Phoebe. Mm-hmm. That was Will's great. mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was terrific. Natalie Morales played Trisha, who was the potential love interest. Yes, yes, right? yes. yes. She could have been on that instead of the grinder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the grinder's fantastic. I love it. Those, those scenes, so though, yeah. the couple scenes that you guys had between Will and uh, Trisha in the script were really funny. And the guys played them great, but they were really well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's, a, I mean, that's, a, it's funny. We kind of, the, the, the whole going on to the Dr. Phil show mm-hmm. thing was something we had envisioned maybe would happen on episode two. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was just because of the request of the network and then just, you know, any chance of moving this thing forward, we figured out a way to get it, to put that, Mike figured out a way to get that chunk in the end of the first episode. And I did think it made it, made it, it better. It made it better, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, Again, the network, this is coming from, you know, these are where network notes, yeah. studio notes are good. It's a good yeah. note, absolutely. And so we had Bruce McCulloch, kid, oh kid in the hall. Bruce <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hall. It was really fun. Uh, and then supporting cast, we had Kari Payton, Cedric Yarborough, Jenny Wade, Mark McConville, Felicia Day. This is a powerhouse I mean, cast. Amazing. Yeah, this guy's yeah. great. You couldn't, the girls like, great. if this cast were in this show, you, you couldn't afford it. Yeah, you couldn't no, make no, show. No, no, no. That's the fun of these yeah. things. Um, did doing, I mean, before Big, you guys had kind of done the stuff you had created together and on your own were very sort of personal stories and listed and men of a certain age. Did this whet your appetite to kind of go out and look for properties and know that you could tell personal stories through those? I mean, uh, for me, enlisted, even even before that I did 600 pen, you mm-hmm. know, which went nowhere. <laughs> but it was a fun experience. Uh, uh, those two shows and then this one really showed me, I think before that, everything I had done, including when I was a certain age, mm-hmm. and even Lucky Louie to a certain extent, was like, write what you know, write what you know, write what you know, you know? Mm-hmm. And these were things I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the president, <laughs> um, you know, and I didn't know anything about the army at all. That was really the biggest one. Uh, uh, and then this, you know, then taking this thing that was like a iconic movie, these are all ways, to, like, to, so finding ways to personalize that and then do research and then realize that there's a whole big world out there that you can write about, not just my own problems, not to shit on my own problems, which I really like. <laughs> and our great story fodder. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean? I, for me, it was a great growth experience. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, Kevin, sort of the same thing. Enlisted, obviously, is a very personal mm-hmm. story to you. You know, you, you clearly love these characters. Did this open a door for you? I think, you know, I, I think in the way that, like with Enlisted, it, it was, it was, yeah, Run Rubber Brothers, and then I found emotional ways early on that's like, it meant a ton to me, like, oh, I can tell my, partially, partially my personal story, blah, 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 you know? Um, 
But with this, I think enlisted more than anything made me realize it's how to tell those stories, how to tell those personal stories in a sitcom-y television, you know, any storytelling kind of way. And I mean, this would have been great because I mean, it's just take all childhood trauma experience and dump <laughs> yeah. in, and then even and, and, and but but seriously, like, as we started talking about stories, like I think Mike and I were both pulling things from when we were kids and like realizing things for the first time. Like it, those are as long as you have like a real emotional moment to pull from. I feel like in, in your own life, like in my life, like it's almost like a hook gets set in you, you know. And it's like early on in this thing, it's like oh, the hook's set. Like now, I, now I'm not just going to be able to write it, but like enjoy and like make it. It's an extra step to make it kind of personal, like. Yeah. And now even the thing I'm doing now, it's like it, it's something that in a million years you'd never go. Well, that's not a personal thing, but you find a little hook that maybe nobody even realizes ever except for you. And now that it's there, now you're like now I'm invested. I'm talking the third person. Now I'm totally invested in it. Now I like care about these characters and yeah. want them to be okay because you know they're in some way reflecting something that I went through or something I really care about. But yeah, I mean it, it definitely. The thing it taught me is that that can happen even when you're adapting some a, a giant beloved piece of material that everybody else feels complete ownership over. You know, mm -hmm. like people, there's many people who say this is their favorite movie. You know? Yeah. Well, by the way, I would say I was emboldened myself by Fargo. You know, mm -hmm. I just mean oh, as a are. concept. Yeah. yeah. You would go, how the how is that going to work? Right. And then it's amazing that you can go. Well, somebody did. It. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, and, and he took this world. Yeah, you know, so it wasn't like a complete departure, but he really made it his own, and yet very it had a lot of fealty to the to the old thing. So yeah, it just showed, showed me anyway. Like, let's just think about it our own way and see if it comes yeah. out good. You know? The only one I thought of that was Twenty One Jump Street. Was that? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Hey, let's right. do our own thing with this property, and like people's expectations are gonna be like, well, it's junk. It's like, no, it's not. Can yeah. make it good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, both things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I mentioned it. Like, I think. It was just a little ahead of its time, you know, like post-Fargo, yeah. post-21 and 22 and yeah. Hannibal, like there have been a number of these right. where people are really taking these things and making them their yes. own. But thank you guys so much for letting us read the script and uh, for this today. Thank of course. you. Thank you. Interior somewhere. Slow zoom in on Zoltar as mysterious music plays. The narrator, a guy who maybe sounds like Keith David or whoever talks next, starts our journey. This is the story of a boy who wished to be big. We're on a backyard street. Today, we're watching the YouTube channel of Will Hopper 12. He's short, headstrong, sweet, funny, a kid's kid. His channel is unslick, charming, and has nine subscribers. A Chiron, Will Danger, 12-year-old stuntman, unsteadily rolls across the screen, and we hear a homemade theme song. Will Danger, I'm Will Danger. <laughs> Jump cuts as well. Rotates through dangerous stunts, jumping off roofs into bushes, skateboarding around pylons. Will's friends Norma and Kyle, also 12, are sometimes on camera, but mostly here, Norma directing or Kyle yelling encouragement. As a grand finale, Will attempts a bike jump on a ramp set on a suburban street. He gathers speed and we freeze on Will in mid-jump, a huge-ass smile on his face. The boy's mom, however, had a different wish. And we're into the living room, his living room, Will's on the couch, sheepish. His seen-it-all mom, Phoebe, watches the rest of the video on a phone. Will lands, yells, I'm Will Danger! <laughs> but his speed hurdles him into a parked car, denting it. Its side view mirror falls off, we hear a whoop, or a whoop! The camera swerves to discover a nearby police car. We're back in the living room where two cops are on the couch with Will. I wish you'd stop this crap. Man. Checks mix? Cut to main times. 
Uh, and we're in Will's kitchen. They eat dinner, the two of them, in their suburban blue-collar home. Though Phoebe is exasperated by Will, she doesn't try to hide the fact that she's also amused. They have a comfortable relationship. They can mess with each other. You know, I'm the only mom who wishes her kid played more Xbox. Why can't you stay inside and be obese like the other children? I want people to notice me. I notice you. You're not people. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I think it's I think it's sweet when you're a jerk by accident. I'm gonna miss this when you're 16 and jerk on purpose. Will asks his dog Storm. His dog Storm trots in, jumps on Will, and smothers him with kisses. A ritual. Oh, nasty! That dog can't stand you being gone for five minutes. Yesterday I caught him licking your baby picture. Maybe I shouldn't go to sleepaway camp if Storm is gonna be traumatized. No, no, you're going to camp. You can be outside all you want, but away from the cameras. Will danger. Well, what if I don't want to go? <laughs> well, sucks for you, but I'm kind of in charge. Am I right? Am I? I am. Hey, when you get big, you can do whatever you want. Will rolls his eyes. You look exactly like your dad when you do that. I look like a loser who never sends us money. Obviously, I should be nicer when I talk about him. <laughs> An interior giant electronics store. It's a homaker schlemmer on steroids type place. Kyle clicks display laptops on the Will Danger video while Norma plays a video game. I got us up to 60 views. <laughs> I feel like you're missing the point of the internet. Nearby woman Trisha watches all this amused. Will rolls by in the background, tentatively bouncing on an electric unicycle. Kyle and Norma don't pay attention. Guys, check it out! Guys, guys, guys! He falls over. What? <clears throat> Will coolly tries to remount the unicycle and falls again. Are you okay? Um, yeah. Falling is just another way to fly. That's something stuntmen say. You read that on my Tumblr. True. Normathoughts.tumblr.com represent. <laughs> <laughs> You should put your video on that screen. Trisha points to a humongous wall-sized TV turned tuned to Dr. Paul, a blowhard TV psychologist, a la Dr. Phil. On screen, a teary mom is with her wayward teen, Dylan. Because of your advice, Dylan's now a straight B-minus student. The audience applauses as Dr. Paul turns the camera. Want your child to go from a great mess to a great ness? <laughs> <laughs> the show, and let me tell you, we'll be right back. <laughs> the title, the title splashes on screen, Let Me Tell You with Dr. Paul. Dr. Paul is not a practicing psychologist, he's better. <laughs> My mom watches this guy. I thought your mom was smart. Trisha laughs way too hard, they turn to her puzzle. Do you work here or something? Oh, uh, no, I'm just procrastinating. My boss yelled at me today, which happens pretty much every day. I'd love to quit because he's a giant turd wagon, but uh, <laughs> jobs aren't easy to come by these days, so instead I decided to act like it's all my fault and buy him a breakdancing robot that vacuums while it pops and locks. <laughs> uh, when you get big, you'll understand. Well, I'm a director, so I'm going to be my own boss. I actually went to school to be a director. What happened? When you get big, you'll understand. <laughs> Good luck, Will Danger. Trisha heads off, Kyle whispers to Norma. I bet that lady's best friends are birds. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. 
Will has found a remote and he uses it to replace Dr. Paul with Will Danger on the big screen. The annoyed manager darts over. Um, where are your parents? Are you kids planning on buying anything? No way! Get out. Don't come back without your parents. An interior, exterior, uh, Trevor's giant house that night. It's a high-end party with games and rides and a banner. Welcome to Trevor's end of school blowouts with a giant picture of Trevor, 12, privileged and looks it. He flashes a peace sign. This party gets grosser every year. Can you believe that picture of Trevor? At least it's not a sculpture. Oh, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> Angle on a sculpture, Trevor in a yoga tree pose. Uh, why do we even come to this thing? I heard they're gonna have personalized cake pops. <laughs> That's why. Trevor approaches with a little crew, many sporting big headphones, a posse of elitist tween gamer bros. What up, noobs? Welcome to Trevorland. Awful. <laughs> hey, it's the YouTube kid. Will can't help but enjoy this guy knows who he is. Yeah. Nine subscribers, what's up? <laughs> Your videos are supposed to suck, right? That's the joke? Uh, no, they're supposed to be funny. Oh, well that's funny because they suck. Trevor's friends all snicker and murmur agreement. Yikes, swing and a miss, Will fumes. Hey, shut up. Whoa, sounds like someone needs to read the shirt. He unzips his hoodie to reveal a t-shirt with bully in a circle with a line <laughs> and the words bully free zone. You don't know what a bully is, do you? A lot of people don't. That's why we're raising money for bullying awareness. <laughs> it's not cool to be cruel. Anyway, the video sucks. Everybody here agrees with me mm -hmm. and I'd be disrespecting you if I didn't tell you the truth. <laughs> you cool? <laughs> Trevor puts out his fist to dap, seething Will leaves him hanging and turns to go. Trevor shrugs and calls after him. Sorry, dude, but you're never gonna be big! Respectfully? Dude! <laughs> you sure to stupid. Angry Birds? Seriously? <laughs> Exterior party, arcade area. Our, our dejected group walks by themselves among some old-time arcade machine that, machines that no one is paying attention to. It doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares that every person in our school thinks I'm an idiot? You don't. Trevor's just a rich dummy, and he couldn't be more wrong about you. I know, but I wish he knew. At the end of the row, they find an ancient game, Zoltar. <laughs> a moment as they seem to reverently contemplate it. Then, yuck. Creepy. Oh, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they start to leave, Will's turn, Will turns back. But should we make a wish? Yeah, sure. Let's overcome humiliation by telling our deepest desires to a mannequin head. Okay! Kyle <laughs> <laughs> puts a token in and closes his eyes. This is important. I wish I had a personalized cake pop. <laughs> Seriously? Anything in the world and that's the wish? I went to get one and they were all Trevors. I was like, who wants a Trevor face cake pop? And, and they were like, why are you getting so excited? And I was like, why are you getting so excited? Okay, okay, okay. It's a great, it's a great wish. Zoltar spits out a card, your wish has been granted. Kyle grabs it, Will steps up. A beat as he looks back at the party in the distance, still feeling the sting. Even though he's trying to play it cool, this really means something to him. I wish I was big. Will gets his card, a meaningful beat as he considers it. I feel good about our choices. 
<laughs> they walk off, leaving Norma behind, who contemplates Zoltar. And then we're in Will's house. He dejectedly enters, Storm, uh, uh, his dog smothers him as usual. Phoebe's on the couch watching Dr. Paul, who is with a mom. Claire, let me tell you why your child is a deceiver instead of a achiever. <laughs> why do you watch that guy? He trudges upstairs, keep, Phoebe keeps talking. Hey, I packed all your stuff for camp, but remember, the bus is coming early. I'll get up and make you breakfast. Oh, I should set my alarm. I worked a double today, and I am beat. Oh, cool, I'm talking to nobody. <laughs> thanks, Mom, you're the best! Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Will's bedroom in bed, Will checks the video on his phone. Uh, tons of negative comments from Trevor and everybody else. Fake, you suck, fail. He tosses the, floor, the phone on the floor. Phoebe's in his doorway. So, I heard the party was an exercise in peer power structures run amok. You read Norma's Tumblr? Mm, maybe. Can I tell you something? 12 is the hardest age. When I was 12, Michelle Renzi told me my singing voice sounded like bird farts. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, but come on. <laughs> Stupid Michelle Renzi with her trophy husband, the labradoodle that we all know wasn't a rescue! Uh, <laughs> I was also reading Facebook. <clears throat> Listen, a bully just gets attention for themselves by making you unhappy, okay? Don't ever let them get you down. Well, luckily, I won't always be 12. Well, I hate to break it to you, kid, but they'll always be bullies. Thanks for cheering me up. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Mom, are, are you unhappy? You know that you didn't become a singer? No! How could I be unhappy? I have you. Just off the light, angle on Will's phone still glowing on the floor with Will's bed in dark room silhouette in the deep background. Then the phone also goes dark. Angle on the phone as we time lapse through the night into morning, and then 5 a.m. in his bedroom. Bzzz, an incoming text from Kyle, it reads simply a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> in the background, we see a large figure out of focus get out of bed and approach. A man's hand picks up the phone. Starts typing a response, but accidentally turns on the FaceTime camera. Instead of Will, it's the face of a 30-year-old man. Ah! Startled, the hand turns the camera off, whip pan up to the man's face. It's 30-year-old Will. He looks back at the phone, man face. He drops the phone. The screen splinters. Will Hopper is big off his what-the-fuck face. We have to play. Act two. We are in Will's room moments later. Will grabs his phone, sees the man's face, instinctively clicks a selfie and looks at it. Who is that? Scared, he turns to a full-length mirror and sees himself as an adult in now tight underwear. Ah! He touches his face, his face. He quietly panics, then sees a Zoltar card. Your wish is granted. It really happened? Reflexively, he grabs his shirt, tries to put it on, rips it in half. Oh, that was my favorite shirt. <laughs> and he's shocked by his deep voice. Shirt. Shirt. <laughs> An adult Will digs into a laundry pile in the laundry room. He holds up clothes, hoping they'll fit. Nope, he sees another pile. This pile has a bra on top. Now we're outside of Will's house. Close on a woman's blouse with a drapey cowl neck. Reveal adult Will wearing it and a blue lemon pants as he furiously pedals a now too small bike. Angle on Will's house is Storm sticks his dog Storm sticks his head out of the do dog door, watching Will bike away. Beat then Storm follows. Now we're interior Norma's room a few minutes later. Norma awakens as her phone buzzes with a text from Will. I'm in your garage. Huh? Another text. Something happened. And she enters her messy, somewhat spooky garage. Uh, Will, are, are you in here? Text. 
behind the couch. Promise you won't freak out. Stop being weird and just tell me what happened. Your mom cut your hair again. <laughs> uh, the kids at camp will just think you're already it Might actually help your cred. She shines her phone's light behind the couch to find a 30-year-old man in a blouse and yoga pants. <laughs> My wish came true. She grabs a bat and starts swinging it. Stop! It's me! I'm Will! What? I can prove it. I, um, we went to preschool together at, at Les Enfants. Les Infants? You love pecan pie? Uh, one time one time you found a millipede in a box of cereal and the company sent you an apology down on the $50 bill, but the they couldn't buy your silence. <laughs> Norma's jaw drops. Will gets an idea and starts singing. Will danger, I will danger. Danger is my middle and last name too. And then she punches him again. Ah! Where is Will? You creep. Just then Kyle runs in, excited, holding three cake pops. Ah, it's real! <laughs> the wishes came true! Oh, hey, dude. <laughs> I woke up, there were three personalized cake pops at the end of my bed. There's me, there's you, and there's this old man head, which I don't get. It's me! Kyle, it looks like me! Because I'm I'm Will! Because you wish... What? What? Shut the front door and then open it again! Yes! No! Yes! No! Yes. Yes. no. This doesn't mean it's real! Uh, cake pops don't lie, Norma! <laughs> Will, I bet you're super strong now. Pick up that chair. <laughs> Dang, how strong! Look how strong he is! Throw it through the window! No! Suddenly, Storm runs in and jumps on Will, who, even as an adult, is pulled out, pushed over by the intense smothering of his dog, Beat, then... It really is you, isn't it? Moments later, they eat their cake pops in silence. I'm not gonna lie. Wish-wise, I could have thought bigger. <laughs> you not making a wish was the smart move. Marla nods uncertainly. Oh, we gotta get my mom and explain everything and then go find Zoltar. Are you insane? She'll flip out and have you arrested for kidnapping yourself. Well, she's gonna wake up soon, so we gotta do something. Well, let's make sure she never wakes up. <laughs> Turn off her alarm clock. What? Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then I have an idea. Okay, first you need some better clothes. Why? He looks great! <laughs> Normal is a storage locker revealing sports equipment. Uh, interior, Phoebe's bedroom. Uh, a few minutes later, Will ner nervously pokes his head into his uh, mom's bedroom door, now wearing a Clippers jersey and sweats. He steps lightly, yet his adult feet are loud. With every step, he's afraid he'll wake her. He finally unplugs her alarm, then knocks over a lamp, but catches it before it smashes. Relieved, he puts the lamp back, but knocks over two pictures. Crash, crash, crash. He, she's still asleep. Amused, he opens and shuts, shuts the door loudly. Phoebe barely moves. She's exhausted and completely unwake-upable. He turns to go, but looks back. Who knows when he's going to see his mom again? He leans in and sweetly kisses her goodbye. Now she stirs a little, and he races out. Quick, then he quickly grabs his backpack, backpack, backpack from his bedroom and sleeping bag and exits. 
Uh, then we're outside of Will's house. Moments later, the three of them powwow. Norma has the plan. Okay, we gotta make it look like you went to camp. So when the bus comes, just pretend to be your dad. I forgot my son's birthday again. Time for another lap dance. <laughs> it's actually my mom's imitation. Of okay. <laughs> Just listen, okay? Say your son, Will, broke his leg and can't go to camp. The bus will leave and your mom will think you got on and went to camp. You're so smart. She's so smart. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Will's dad. Okay, your voice is already low, because you're an adult. Get it? How am I supposed to act like an adult? I don't know, just talk about wine and spreadsheets and how great the wire is. <laughs> uh, the bus pulls up. Uh, we're on the street in front of Will's house. Will nervously steps up to the bus driver in a low voice. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm Will Hopper, is that? Bad news, fellow adult. Uh, my son Will broke his leg. Well, that's too bad. How did it happen? Will's eyes widen, angle on Kyle and Norma watching. Okay, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Will's dead. <laughs> wow, can he think on his feet? No, no, no. Uh, dead, dead leg, because uh, it's broken. And, he slipped on a spreadsheet I left uh, lying around because I was uh, sleepy from all that wine. Uh, adult stuff, am I right? <laughs> Look, just sign the cancellation form and you'll get your deposit back. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed what? Hey, this is taking way too long. And we're in Phoebe's bedroom at the same time because Phoebe is starting to stir awake. She sees her alarm didn't get her up. She grabs her phone, sees the time, and leaps up. Oh, balls. Will, we gotta go! And we're on the street in front of Will's house. He signs as the driver notes his Clippers jersey. Looks like you got the day off, huh? From what? Work. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, work. I'm just pr procrastinating, but uh, love to quit because my boss is a giant turd wagon. <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> Two working men bonding over hating their boss. Uh, then we're back in Will's room. Phoebe is running around. She sees Will's backpack and sleeping bag are gone. But why is a torn shirt on the floor? Something's wrong. We're back on the street in front of Will's house. Will's now totally relaxed with his new best friend. <laughs> uh, ever pretend you're driving a tank? Every day, man. <laughs> I knew it! Oh my god, just sign the damn form! We're back in Will's house. Phoebe passes the laundry room, notices the scattered, wa scattered laundry on the floor. She runs to the front door, nervous now. Where's Will? She bursts, she throws open the door and sees the bus pull away. Bing, a text from Will. Let you sleep in. I made my own breakfast. I love you. She's momentarily teary and then... He made his own breakfast? <laughs> uh, and we're on the street, uh, exterior street moments later. Adult Will, Norma, and Kyle ride off on their bikes. It's a perfect picture of youth, except Will's a man in a too small suit. Too, oh, sorry, too small. God, he's some, in some kind of clothing. <laughs> too big for his bike. They pass a let me tell you billboard with a big picture of Dr. Paul. Hey, Trevor said they rented Zoltar from this place called Funfillment. Okay. Hey, if my mom hears my dad was around, she'll think something's up. Okay, so from now on, you'll be my uncle. Wait, can he be my uncle? <laughs> Just then they pass a car driven by Trisha, the woman from the electronic store. She's on a speakerphone. Oh, he's in a mood. Today he told me I've got spinster hands. <laughs> I still have 
have got nothing for Friday, and he insists I find something no one's seen. That's literally impossible. Trisha sees Norma and Kyle recognizing them from the store. Then she locks eyes with Will. He smiles and waves goofily at him. In spite of herself, she laughs and waves back. Trisha? You there, Trisha? Trisha? And then she very confusedly watches our gang bike off. The boy and his friends pedaled with great haste. <laughs> We to arrive at a place where miracles happen. Exterior fulfillment. A drab industrial warehouse seemingly the opposite of where miracles happen. We're, Will, Norma, and Kyle are outside puzzled. Is this the wrong place? Just oh. then, a, a mysterious caretaker dramatically opens the door. Or is the wrong place actually the right place? We're looking for fulfillment. Sometimes what you're looking for Okay. Yes, yes, it's fun filming. What do you want? We're inside fun filming. Well, moments later, Will, Norm, and Kyle file the caretaker inside. The place has rows of new and old arcade machines. Whoa! Can we? No. <laughs> he points to a sign you may only play after you pay. It's like a restaurant with delicious food that you're not allowed to eat. Good. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Kind old sir, we're looking for a game. Uh, uh, a box with a man in it named Zoltar. Never heard of it. But a rich dummy we know rented it from here. <laughs> Must have been a different game. I got so many. I call them all the waste of time 3000. Hey, hey, you like that joke? <laughs> uh, it was definitely Zoltar, sir. Well, I don't have it. But you have to. You, you, don't, you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm really 12 years old. Oh, we all really just 12. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, I made a wish uh, on Zoltar to be big, but it turned out wrong, and now I am, I am big, and I gotta find that machine so I can go back. Please help me. I'm sorry. I can't help you. He guides him to the door. Son, whatever happened to you happened for a reason. One day you'll find out what it is. Take this in. Kyle is in awe. You're like... Magical. <laughs> Are you saying I'm a magical black man? No, that's not what he meant, sir. It's a little what I meant, sir. <laughs> I tripped when I got out of bed today. Would a magical black man do that? I dropped my phone in the toilet. Would a magical black man do that? All right, we're gonna, we're gonna leave now. Last week, I locked my van keys in my house, in my house, in my van. Man. The trio exits. After they're gone, the caretaker opens a closet door. Zoltar is there. What did you do now? <laughs> Don't give me that face! End of Act 2. And Act 3, we're exterior street uh, electronic store. Um, Norman and Kyle walk with a deflated adult Will. A kid rolls by on a Razor scooter, forcing Will to step out of the way. Sorry, mister. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to be 30 years old for the rest of my life. But to be fair, we don't know where this crazy ride's going to end. Tomorrow you could be 80. Or a baby. <laughs> Are you helping? <laughs> okay, your mom thinks you're a camp. We have a whole month to figure things out. In the meantime, you get a job, maybe live off the land. Although that's more of a Portland thing. I'm, I'm 12. I don't want a job and I don't want to eat squirrels. Well, just until we find Zoltar. But what if we don't? What if I'm like this forever? What if we can never make videos or even hang out ever again? They hadn't considered this. 
Okay, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not one of the popular kids. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. Look, when you guys started hanging out with me, it was the best day of my life. You're my only friends, and you never ditched me. Cal tries to throw his arm around Will, but he's too big. Finally, he just grabs him and pulls him down. So we're not ditching you, got it? Nora pulls him over. Yeah, got it. Doesn't matter if you turn 80 or into a baby or a crab or a dog, but instead of a, a, a tail, you got a Roman candle back there that never runs out of fireball. <laughs> These are all possibilities. Hey, look, what's your mom always say? When you're big, you can do whatever you want. So now you can just do whatever, eat whatever, get a job wherever. You, you don't have to go to school or camp. When you're big, you can do whatever you want. I'd freaking love to be you. Their walk has led them outside the giant electronic store from the beginning. Inside, they see the enticing games and gadgets and the manager who kicked them out. Plus, now we can hang out here, mister. Will opens the door with a grin. Come in, children. <laughs> and they're inside the electronics store. Norma and Kyle play a video game. The, the manager starts towards them, but Will unsteadily rolls by on the electric unicycle. Oh, hey, homeboy, they're with me. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jerry. Let me ask, have you seen season four of The Wire? Manager Pornson. Will tries to pedal away then falls over. You okay? These aren't good for speed bursts. So am I crazy or did I see you riding bikes with those kids? I'm Trisha. I'm Will. I'm Jerry. I'm Uncle, Uncle Jerry. Yep. <laughs> Funny, you look just like their little daredevil friend, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, he's, he's definitely not dead or anything. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's at camp. Do you like his videos? I'm all danger. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> hey, how's your, uh, how's your turd wagon boss that I know you have cause, because my niece? <laughs> uh, well, I'm about to miss a deadline he gave me for Friday, so life's not going to be fun. Oh, life should always be fun. When you're big, you can do whatever you want. Sure. So, what do you do? Oh, I don't have a job. Um, but I'm gonna uh, look for one starting tomorrow. Hey, you sound like my last six boyfriends. <laughs> 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 yeah, boyfriends, right? Uh. <laughs> uh, Uncle Jerry, come play with us. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> Trisha lingers watching Will run off with Norman and Kyle. And then there's a montage in the electronic store. Adult Will, Norman, and Kyle race around in a big set piece of Ferris Bueller type, I wish I could do that. Moments, they play a video game with jump cuts of Will rolling by on anything with wheels, a skateboard, a bike, unicycle, big wheel, shopping cart. Then they cut to they roll around in those giant inflatable balls that you wear. <laughs> then uh, uh, there's the a video. inflatable balls that you wear? We'll get into it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I realize what that sounds like now. Um, <laughs> Norma controls a video game, a video camera drone, and films Will from the air as he tears through the store in a mock chase scene. Uh, then a silent beat of them on the couch, just wearing Google glasses and really just being into something. Um, and as a transition between the beats, they keep obliviously running across a giant piano in the middle of the store. Plink, 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 plink. Finally, they stop noticing it. 
Whoa. <laughs> they stare at it reverently. It looks like they're going to launch into chopsticks, and instead they just drop and roll around on it like this. <laughs> Should we go? I think we've played with everything in the store. <sighs> Little looks rack focus to a mini tramp in the background. Have we? Then cut to Will holding a basketball near the mini tramp, which stands near a basketball hoop. Kyle crouches nearby some sort of long tube on his shoulder. Norma films with her phone. Go! He runs towards the mini tramp. Will danger, I'm will danger. <laughs> he bounces up and dunks as Kyle fires what we now see as a confetti cannon. It's ridiculous. A giant grand finale, freeze on adult Will in mid-dunk, a huge ass smile on his face, just like on page one. Let this be the first lesson of our tale. <laughs> if your wish comes true and you're disappointed, give it a minute. <laughs> Unfreeze as Will crashes down triumphant. I'm Will Danger. <laughs> Reveal the manager stunned by the entire scene, silent beat as a stupid amount of confetti floats out. <laughs> We're totally gonna clean this up. <laughs> and they scramble, they all scramble around trying to clean up. They're puzzled to find Trisha capturing all of this on her phone with a weird smile. You help me make my deadline. Oh. You know my boss? She points to the wall-sized TV screen. Dr. Paul is on. That's him. Cut to Let Me Tell You with Dr. Paul's studio later. The show returns from a commercial with a music and its bumper. Dr. Paul is not a practicing psychologist. He's better. <laughs> and Dr. Paul's on stage as the tail end of Trisha's video of Will plays in the background. The audience, mostly moms, plus Norman and Kyle, laughs and applause as a Friday Funnies Chiron pops up. We always like to close out the week with a chuckle. And before the break, we showed you a video of a man who is very in touch with his inner child. Now let's bring him out, Jerry. <laughs> Will emerges from off stage in the same Clippers jersey. We've seen him in nervous but beaming as the audience applause. Uh, Trisha smiles in the wings. Thanks for being here. Will, talks, <laughs> Will cranes his head and talks directly into his lapel mic. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Just talk normally. Okay. <laughs> Funny video. Lately all my staff have been able to find a guy getting chased by a goose or something. But this is better. That was supposed to be funny, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely wasn't supposed to suck. Only a rich dummy named Trevor would think that. <laughs> Will looks directly into the camera and we cut to Trevor's media room, Anguan Trevor watching at home. He reacts, wait, what? And we're back to the show. Anguan, Norman, and Kyle in the audience grinning. Nice. Nice, yeah. sick burn. <laughs> well, now that we've established that you're funny, let me tell you what's not so funny. <laughs> the laughter dies down and Trisha turns to a co-producer. What's he doing? I gotta tell you, I see you guys. I see guys like you more and more. There's even a term for it, a man-child. But hey, let's take the, world, the word man off there and tell you what it's like. You're a child, Jerry. Everybody in the audience murmurs agreement. Will freezes, worrying that Dr. Paul knows he's really a 12-year-old. Um. <laughs> how, how do you know that? Because I'm trying to imagine my father or grandfather acting like you do, Jerry. Men who fought in wars. Went to the moon. Men who could hunt and fish. 
and fix their own transmissions. I'll bet you can't even fix your own breakfast. The audience claps, Trisha sighs. I can too, my mom usually does, but I... Or, <laughs> mom does it. And you still live at home because you don't have a job, correct? Not right now, but... Ah, uh, this is what we're talking about. We're raising an entire generation of men who think life should be always fun. That's what Jerry told my producer. He looks off at Trisha pleading, she shrugs helplessly. Is that why you don't have a job? Jobs aren't fun. I'm still figuring out what I want to do. When you're big, you can do whatever you want. Jerry, what kind of airy-fairy nonsense is why you'll never be big? Because there's two types of people in the world. Achievers and deceivers. And Jerry, you are a deceiver. <laughs> The audience, the audience murmurs knowingly Dr. Paul's got this guy pegged. Will looks around in disbelief. Everybody here agrees with me. I know it's hard to hear, but I'd be disrespecting you if I didn't tell you the truth. Are we cool? <laughs> Dr. Paul puts out his hand to shake and Will looks at it, remembering this same moment with Trevor. Oh, you're a bully. Excuse me? You're just, you're trying to get attention for yourself by making me unhappy. My mom said that's what bullies do. I know, this is the same mom who still makes you breakfast. <laughs> mom is always the problem, wife. Dr. Paul turns to the audience for approval, angle on a bunch of moms not so happy with this thing. <laughs> Toughest job you'll ever love. My mom. Is great, Doctor Paul. I don't. I don't understand. What do you tell your kids? Well, I don't have kids, but you don't. Then how, how do you know what to tell parents? Then for starters, I have a PhD in psychology. But at the beginning of the show, it says you're not a psychologist. The audience laughs a little. Good point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's for legal reasons, and my audience appreciates me trusting my gut. More than a crap I learned it all the years in university. But, but, but if you went to school to be a psychologist and you're not a psychologist, doesn't that mean you wasted all those years? No, because I figured out what I really wanted to do, which was this show. Oh, so, so how old were you then? A beat as Dr. Paul realizes he's just trapped. Do Dr. Paul, how, how old were you when you figured out what you really wanted to do? 32. Hmm. Yeah, he's not a little side a little bit. Wow, that's older than me. So I guess I still have time. The audience laughs now, Dr. Paul's irritated. You're missing the point, Jerry. It's funny, because you have a degree in being a parent, but you're not a parent. Let me tell you, Dr. Paul, you're kind of an achiever and a deceiver. <laughs> Get the fuck off my show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you think you are. Long being shocked silence from the audience. He is a bully. Lots of agreed murmuring. Dr. Paul looked around. He screwed up big time. Everybody, stay calm. Trisha, stop tape. <laughs> it's okay, Trisha. Dr. Paul turns to see Norma not smiling, filming with her phone. I got everything. <laughs> Dr. Paul's face fall, falls, Will grins. Trisha turns to her co-producer, amazed. We gotta have this guy back, right? <laughs> and it's that night we're in Norma's garage. Will is in his way too small sleeping bag, Skyping with Norma. Norma's now posted video runs in the corner of his laptop. So many views. Did you see all the comments? Dr. Paul's face is redder than my 
I'm disabling the comments. <laughs> you sure it's okay I stay in here? Yeah, for a day or two. Tomorrow I'll work on getting you a job and a place to live. And wow, this is also still very weird and magical. <laughs> a long practice belch from Will. And I'm back to Earth. Being an adult makes you so much better at burping. <laughs> I gotta admit, you were right. This is fun. I'm just sorry you didn't get to make a wish. We cut to Norma's room. Norma looks down to her hand, which Will can't see. She's holding a wish, a Your Wish is Granted card. A beat, then she fans out three cards. Mm. She made three wishes. I'll be okay. <laughs> and on the tease of wishes still yet to be revealed, we cut for the tag to Will's house, and his mom is laughing as she watches the heavily viewed YouTube video of Dr. Paul <laughs> blowing up at Will. <laughs> she notices a link to the quote extended Uncle Jerry video unquote. She clicks and watches as Will Dunk scratches down and then confetti falls. I'm Will Danger. And she sits up stunned. Why does the goofy man-child sound like her son? Just then Storm runs in and seeing Will's adult face on her laptop starts licking the screen. <laughs> and off everybody raise the antenna. We... Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.